Dina, it's working. We're here. Yes, hello. Your 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 bad South African internet is working. Yeah, uh, feeling grand despite the obvious internet problems. Was... It comes from living in a third world country. <laughs> is South Africa a third world country? I think so. I don't actually know. Yeah, I think we are. Um, where you live doesn't sound like a third world country. It sounds lush. No, no. It's not, but I mean, you've got to bear in mind that, like, there are huge amounts of South Africa that are filled with, like, immense poverty and unemployment and, like, homelessness. It's it's insane. So, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have a stable income and a place to stay and a job, like, it's, you know, you're one of the very few. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a large country, though, isn't it? So there's quite a lot. Yeah, I know it's massive, and um, yeah, like and I've, and it's just run so badly, and like I don't know if you've heard about the load shedding thing. So we have this thing called load shedding. So like our electricity grid is so unstable, they have to turn it off in sections. So wow. um, you'll get like depending on what stage we're on, you'll get a couple of uh, two hour slots during the day where they just turn the electricity off to like conserve power or whatever the fuck it does. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, I can see that happening here eventually just to supply and demand because there's so much demand for it. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I reckon a lot of people listening will be like, wow, that's crazy that that don't have that issue. I, it sounds, yeah, it sounds kind of good to me. It's like, okay, this means I can read. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad, except in winter it really sucks and you don't have lights or heat and um, like we, we're quite lucky because in our house we've now set up uh solar so we're quite lucky but well you done. can't like the power is still low so even if you're if you're on solar you can't really boil the kettle or anything because it like uses up anything that creates heat uses up too much power yeah. and then the system drips and shit all right we need to talk about ghosts let's fuck this fucking yeah. political shit <laughs> talk about some fucking ghost shit nina i had possibly the closest encounter to a haunted ghosty experience ever this weekend no you didn't i did seriously I actually can't explain what happened. So... Tell me. Uh, me and me lady were sitting watching uh, TV or a movie or something. I can't remember. And then all of a sudden upstairs, we, we, heard, um, we heard a noise. A particular noise. Um, so we generally were I'm like, upstairs. this is weird. Something's upstairs because, you know, we heard this noise. And um, basically our heating had been off in the house the whole um, weekend and week due to boiler issues. Um, so all the doors were closed. We closed all the doors in the upstairs to try and like conserve heat in whatever room. Um, so we hear this noise. We grab some bats and whatnot, you know, anything we can just in case there's someone up there. And we go in. And uh, as we get up to the top of the st- stairs, one door's um, opened itself. No... No, seriously, one door has opened itself. So we go into that door first, you know, open it up, nothing's there, no one's there, nothing. You know, we do the same with all the other rooms. And then we closed all the doors again and we said, well, maybe it was just the wind. Like, you know, it, it's a rubbish latch or whatever and it just brushes open. No way at, no way at all, Nina. Like, this door was fine. Like, you literally heard a door handle and a door being opened. And, oh my god, that is terrifying! And and I can't explain it. And I don't believe in ghosts, so my brain's like, 
my brain's literally like I don't I don't believe it. But at the same time, I can't explain why that door handle opened and why because that latch just it doesn't like that doors are it's fine. Like the the wind wouldn't do it. It'd have to be a very strong gust of wind, and the windows would have to be opened, and they weren't because it's freezing in our house um, due to the heating. How amazing would it be if we had a ghost? If we had our own ghost for the podcast? Maybe we've started it. Maybe this has woken up Casper. My God, that would be so amazing. I'd love to be haunted. This, um, I always used to think, though, that if, you, if you're going to get hauntings, it's going to be in a place where, in, like England where things have been around for so long. Like that property you're on, you probably had loads of deaths and stuff on it. So this I mean, you one, probably are haunted. This one's not so old. I think this one's only like 100 years. The house I used to live in was like three, 400 years old. It was a grade two listed cottage building. That definitely... Oh. Had seen a lot of death. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you updated if any other shit happens. Yes, please. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. <laughs> so it links us in uh, to our show today, which is about the Borley uh, Rectory. And you've not heard of it, have you? Hmm. I, no, I, don't, I haven't even heard of Borley. So it's like, it's a place in Essex where, I'm, where I am. And it's kind of considered the, one of the most haunted, or the, the most haunted, like, building in the UK. exciting have you been there i haven't no i haven't i want to go but um you know people are too scared to go with me you're not here to go with me yes are we going a heartbeat i'm gonna have to visit just so we can go yeah you come we'll do that we'll do a podcast on it um okay so this has got some history you ready ready built in 1862 the house was installed as the residence for the parish rector and was instantly the subject of local gossip the rectory was an imposing and strange building with a pointed and much photographed east frontage and cramped internal courtyard. That's right, Dizzy. The earlier rectory had burned to the ground in 1841 and the gothic monolith that replaced it was ripe for excitable imaginations to run riot. So, Nina, this is an attractive building at the time. Okay. It's lush. I'm a, as we talk, I'm currently Googling an image of it because I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, good idea. So Borley itself is a tiny rural community of three hamlets in Essex that had okay. only 110 inhabitants um, at the last census. It's not many people. Nonetheless, local legends have been long established, primarily concerning the supposed existence of a Benedictine monastery in the area around 1362. Dizzy's liking the story. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dizzy sounds like a ghost, like she's making ghost noises. <laughs> it's just because her ball's gone past the heater and she's too scared to get it. Hold on, Diz. <laughs> Sounds like she's terrified. She's giving us sound effects. <laughs> Tradition states that a local monk began a secret affair with a nun. He's getting sexy, Nina. Oh my gosh, I love a sexy ghost story. A monk began a secret affair with a nun from a nearby convent. Um, I love that it's a monk and a nun. After the affair... Romeo and Juliet, but with ghosts. Exactly. After the affair was discovered by their superiors, the lovers were brutally punished, Nina. What is brutal punishment? The monk was swiftly executed. What? Yep, yep, yep. But the nun suffered a far more worse fate, Nina. What's worse than execution? Uh, uh, I don't know. Arms and legs cut off. 
Nina, just so that you know, you know, this is tradition that states it, but it probably did happen. Okay. The nun was bricked up in the convent walls and left to suffocate and die. No. Yeah. For having an affair with a monk? Why yeah. is it so aggressive? Because back in the day, you weren't allowed to do shit. But also, like, just kill her. Why leave her in a, a thing to suffocate? That's terrible. Oh, well, it's like all the people that accuse of witches. Men just did horrible shit to women. Yeah, it's just an excuse to do it, isn't it? Uh, Relievedly for the monk and nun, the story and the monastery seem to be a little more than local legend. With no historical basis at all. There you go, Neem. We've got no proof of this story. (laughs) I'm going to believe it anyway. Yeah, me too. Me too. Namely, no religious orders were harmed in the making of this ghost story. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Mm. Religion likes to cover shit up. Um, Exactly. It's all a conspiracy. Despite the monk-nun story proven to be false, the tale of the murdered lovers would form the basis of many future investigations, reports and paranormal claims. Tales, okay, okay. tales of Borley's ghosts first emerged in 1863 when the reports of school children were circulated as they claimed to have seen the ghost of a nun. Ooh. Ooh, okay. In 1900... Another group of children claimed to have seen the ghost of a nun in the rectory's grounds that disappeared as soon as they approached. The bricked-up nun, that's what it is. Oh, it could be the bricked-up nun. It really could be. Um, the, it was 1927 when the Reverend Guy Eric Smith... What a name, Guy Eric Smith. He's a reverend. Um, just to let you know, he's a guy. Uh, it's in his name. And his wife moved into the rectory. And the first instances of a very modern haunting laid their roots shortly... This this makes me think of the Amityville Horror. Um, shortly after moving in, the skull of a young woman was found in a cupboard by his wife. Just in a cupboard? In a cupboard. It's like just... not behind a brick wall or anything, like just sitting in a cupboard. It's in a cupboard. Is this like the key thing with Donald the poltergeist? It could be. Okay. Um, this discovery was said to have been the trigger for supernatural activity. It is like the key! It is, it is like the key. That's exactly what it is. Immediately after the skull dis- discovery, a whole host of paranormal events were said to have occurred. Strange lights appeared, unexplained footsteps moved within the house, and the ghostly apparition, apparition, I can never say that word, of a horse-drawn carriage was seen nearby. Ooh, I wonder if the horses are also ghosts. They must be, right? They're ghost horses. There's a lot of ghost horses. Anne Boleyn has a ghost horse, apparently. There's some ghost horses that take Anne Boleyn. I would like to have my own ghost horse. That would be sweet. What would it be called? Mayo. What? Because mayonnaise. Mayo because of mayonnaise. (laughs) Terrible name. Terrible. That's a brilliant name for a horse. It's not very ghosty, is it? No, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Mine would be called Pepper. Um, That's a terrible name for a horse. (laughs) Fuck you. The couple went on (laughs) to contact the Daily Mirror, saying that their intent was to make contact with the Society for Physical Research. Do you know what that is, Nina? Tell me, I don't. They're like like ghost research people. It was a a thing. It was a thing back in the day. 
so official. Yeah, Society for Physical Society for Physical Research. They're like we're the professional ghost, but they're basically Ghostbusters. They're legit Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's like the 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 roots of the of the Ghostbusters and all of the people who do paranormal investigations now. Yeah, they all just want to be a part of that society. All right, naturally. When tabloids are contacted, of course tabloids were contacted, um, issues arrive concerning the individual's intent, desire for publicity and the legitimacy of their claims. These issues mm-hmm. of fame versus sin- sincerity would similarly plague Borley throughout its years of infamy. Okay. 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 The, the Mirror responded to the couple's claims by sending a reporter joined by the paranormal research legend himself, Harry Price, Nina. I have not heard of Harry Price, but it does kind of ring a bell. Harry Price is like a big deal in the kind of like ghosty psychic world back in the day, investigator. But there is okay, there sort is, of... there's stuff that happens, but I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so the mirror like, hey, we're going to send Harry Price with a reporter. Um, let's see Ooh. what happens. He's a renowned investigator of mediums, psychics and seances. This guy is like... Super fucking ghosty. Uh, he's legitimate, man. He's a legitimate ghost. Shortly after Price's arrival, the unexplained activity increased, Nina. I wonder if that has anything to do with, like... See? Mm. Okay, no, carry on. I'll, I'll make my point later. Let's hear some more. Price compiled a report of his dramatic experiences, <laughs> recounting spirit messages and objects thrown about the house by unseen hands. Curiously, as Price departed... <laughs> So did the phenomena. Hmm. Was he putting it on, do you think? Well, it would appear that, because it's saying that he had loads of dramatic experiences, spirit messages, objects being thrown all over the fucking place, unseen hands and shit, and then he left and it all stopped. But it could be two ways, though. It could be maybe the ghosts are more prone to activity when he's around because he's so open to it. It could be. Hold on. Um, keep, go- keep talking. <laughs> What is happening? Um, Dizzy was barking. She needed to leave the house. Oh, shame. <laughs> All right, sorry. She was, she was very determined to go outside. Um, right. Oh, By June 1929, the Smiths would leave Borley and be replaced in October 1930 by the Reverend Lionel Algonon Foister. What a name. Foister. Marianne, his wife, and their daughter, Adelaide. I really like the name Adelaide. It's a lovely name. I was just thinking that. It is a lovely name. Really nice. It makes me think of Australia for some reason. Is there a place called Adelaide in Australia? I think there is, yeah. That, that might be why. It would be this family, and Marianne in particular, who would become most synonymous with the ghostly goings ons. Ooh. Okay, what, what date was this, roundabouts? We are now in 1929. Okay. Just a little early. The family remained in the house for five years, during which time the Reverend compiled a substantial report of all the supernatural experiences the family had endured. This Ooh, making notes, take, getting receipts. That's it. This enormous report of all the supernatural experiences the family had endured. Um, sorry, this enormous dossier was submitted to good old Harry Price again. Bloody Harry Price. So now he was like, Harry Price was super interested in this shit. He was like, fuck, this is like, this is legit haunted, man. 
Okay, go on, Harry. Show us some real evidence. I want some hard <laughs> proof. The Reverend's report included a variety of distressing claims, including the breaking of windows, strange writing appearing on the walls, which I have pictures of, Nina, which I'll send you after this. Oh, yes, please. Their daughter being locked in a room. Ooh. <laughs> and objects such as bottles and stones were thrown about the house. This is paranormal shit, Nina. Uh, it is paranormal shit, but the one about the kid getting locked in the room, that's not... I don't think that is. Do you think that was just... Uh, just um, what? You, could, it just, you could be like a stuck door handle or anything. <laughs> or she could just be like, ooh, I'm locked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne would make additions to the document, that's the wife, that would eclipse mm-hmm. anything reported before. The Reverend's wife appeared to be at the centre of the most extreme poltergeist activity. She, okay. cl- she claimed to have been violently thrown from her bed and periodically Ooh. attacked by an unseen agent. Those are the scariest bits, though, when you get attacked in bed or you get pulled out of bed. Yeah, man. Those movies didn't make it up. It came from fact. (laughs) Straight from the Bawley Rectory. Reporting back to the Daily Mirror, Price was understandably interested and concerned after reading the Reverend's report. And he sought to what, Nina? Uh, Expose the ghost or uh, exercise it? Yeah, exercise the house. Yeah, there we go, okay. He attempted so on two occasions, Nina. Okay. But he clearly was shit at it because it never worked. <laughs> You'd think he'd be able to do his job properly. You got one job, Mr. Price. One job. Uh, Price reports of 1929 gained instant and enormous public attention. And soon enough, a whole plethora of amateur reporters and psychical researchers would attend the rectory in the hope of studying the phenomena. Becoming a big thing. People going crazy, Nina. Mm. And I think the Reverend and his wife and his family must be making a bit of money off of it as well. Maybe. Maybe. However, uh, for all the investigators' initial interest, one common conclusion pervaded. Marianne was the cause, Nina. Is Marianne the daughter or the wife? The wife. Okay. Whether intentionally or subconsciously, she was to be firmly placed at the centre of the storm. The illegible, illegible writing that appeared on the walls of the rectory has proved to be one of the most enduring images of the Borley saga and one that maintains interest to this day. Oh, I can't wait really to see it. I'm looking at it now. It's pretty good writing. Um, beginning in 1931, an address to Marianne alone. Pleas for rest and mass prayers would scrawl across the walls in manic scribbles, frequently illegible Ill- 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 in their panicked state. Ooh. Ooh. Follow- oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Following a visit to Borley, professional medium Guy Lestrange, what a name, Guy Lestrange, Nina. That's an excellent name for a paranormal person. That needs to be in a movie. Uh, Guy Lestrange, the, ca- the, the cases of uh, Guy Lestrange. The paranormal cases of Guy Lestrange. I've copyrighted that, Richard Kennedy. Um, okay. 
later being entertained. Oh, this is what he said. Sorry. Later being entertained by the rector and his wife, he heard for the first time of mysterious forms, male and female, being seen inside and outside the house, of lights in unoccupied rooms, of articles appearing and being thrown, of fires breaking out, of mysterious whisperings, and unexplained writings on walls and scraps of paper. Once, oh my God, ghosts love to write stuff on walls and set fires. Because they're trying, they're just trying to communicate, Nina. They're just trying to say, yeah. uh, uh, "Can someone check that I didn't leave the candle on?" Um, <laughs> once the rector told him he was working alone in his study when he saw a pencil rise from the desk and scroll words on the wall in front of him. No hand was visible. He's saying he, this rector is saying, "I saw it. I saw the pencil." Yeah, but he was the only one. Supposedly, yeah. What did it say? What did the note say? Uh, uh, it did, he doesn't say, he doesn't say, but there's pictures of the uh, writing which says some shit, which I'll send to you. But it's something about escaping or uh, wanting help, uh, some, some shit like that. Uh, However, like so much of the rectory's history, Lestrange claims are regarded as false. Ooh. Considering Lestrange making up <laughs> porcupines. Well, well, let's find out why. Considering that the Reverend was meticulous in his accounts and never reported any such phenomena himself... And certainly no levitating pencils. The enduring image is one of wishful imagination on Guy's parts. Mm, of him writing quickly on the wall and be like, ooh, <laughs> saw it move. Nonetheless, when Marianne's name first appeared, scrawled on scraps of paper, mm, they soon attempted to establish a method of written communication, asking what the oh, spirit yeah. wanted. No, but that's a mistake, though. You do, Like, we've said this before, you don't, talk to them it's just ignore them people are determined to talk to them nina i think it's people's like life ambition to talk to ghosts yeah like i say that i say don't talk to them but i would probably as well like the first thing you told when like the first thing i thought when you told me that your house might be haunted now is you should go get a ouija board <laughs> oh my gosh i would love to do that um, me too nonetheless when married blah 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 okay so what do you think the spirit uh, was asking for nina uh, a new hairstyle. <laughs> no, Marianne needs to put her hair put her hair in a certain way, or she wants to meet a celebrity. <laughs> um, no, it asked. It replied. Sorry, rest. Rest wants to rest, Nina. Ah, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. It was years later that the scribbles moved to walls, and the attempts to engage with the restless spirit continued. The writing and attempts at communication were studied documented, enhanced with pencil, photographed and removed with no solid resolution to the pleas. The couple's toddler, however, was noted to be, in the words of Andrew Clark in his essay, no hand was visible and invert... and a what? An inverterate scribbler. <laughs> I'm not even sure what you're trying to say there. Let's find out. He goes on to explain the timeline of the writing citing via Lionel Foister's accounts that there was a rash of scrolls on bits of paper before the end of March 1931, which was still happening when the Braithwaites, a prominent local family interested in spiritualism, visited the rectory, held a seance and managed to save one of the bits of paper for posterity. Mm, I would keep all of those bits of paper. I'd be so excited. The wall writings themselves can... Coincided with the start of Marianne's affair 
with the lodger, Frank Peerless. That's right, Ooh. Nina. You know how the story of the nun and the uh, thingy mm-hmm. had an affair? Well, Marianne had an affair. Ah, oh, it's like a... It's like she's... Like the ghost is warning her, like, you're going to get bricked up in a wall. Calm yourself. Put or, it back on your pants. Or it's like the, like the ghost has, like, taken over Marianne's body. And now oh, she's, all that. she's recreating her love affair. Hmm, okay, I like that theory better. Despite many recorded incidents being considered authentic or truly unexplained, any perceived legitimacy of Marianne's claims were irreparably damaged after she confessed to being in a sexual relationship with the family's lodger. Hmm. So everyone thought, like, oh no, now you can't be trusted because you're a fibber. Yeah. Okay. They were like, you dirty whore, you can't have seen a ghost because you're a dirty whore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marianne would go on to explain that she frequently used claims of supernatural phenomena to conceal her affair explaining away noises and suspicions with a swift mention of a ghost (laughs) so that's so bad so she honestly admitted to it she's literally like the guy's like we're haunted I could hear a a, a woman moaning and she's like (laughs) like, ghost, ghost ghost Definitely a ghost. That was 100% a ghost. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. The story of Borley Rectory already had sensation and death to add sex into the reports was to etch the family into the history books as the ghostly <laughs> scandal gripped the nation. I've got a picture of Marianne Foister. I will send you that as well. Yeah, please do. Is she a looker? She's she's pretty-ish for the time, but she doesn't look like a like like a really horny like lady or whatever. Um, oh, they never do. They never do. <laughs> the Foisters would leave Borley in 1935, and the building stood empty for a short while. However, in 1937, Harry Price would return. Nina. Ah, oh, the return of Harry Price. Another good name for a movie. And oh, that is a great name for a movie. And he decided to take up residence in the house for one year, Nina. A full year? That's some dedication. It gets more. He employed a group of 48 individuals, predominantly students working weekends. Price and his so-called official observers conducted a variety of experiments within the house, recording instances of perceived paranormal phenomena. Mm, I don't trust students on the best of days, though. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, well, imagine a bunch of, like, drunk university kids <laughs> trying to catch ghosts. <laughs> um, in a flurry of experimentation, Price brought in several mediums and conducted huge series of seances. In one instance of 1938, medium Helen Glanville was reported as having made successful contact with a nun and an unidentified male spirit. Mm. It's going to be the monk. The later spirit was to predict the rectory's ultimate destruction by fire on 27th of March, 1938. And for all the spirit's confidence, he nor the medium channeling him were too far from the truth. Are you ready? So he said... ready. That there would be a fire on the 27th of March, 1938. And then there was. Let's find out. 
On the 27th <laughs> of February, 1939, the rectory's new owner, a captain, W.H. Gregson, was moving into the property uh, when an oil lamp was upturned and the house was set ablaze. Oh, God, okay. There was no saving the rectory and the house was gutted by flames. Although reported as an accident upon investigation, the insurance company deemed Gregson's actions as deliberate and the house was left as ruin, never to be rebuilt. Despite renaming the property the Priory, it is suggested that he ultimately planned to cash in on the rectory's history and turn the house into a tourist stop. Gregson was never to have his wish. So they think it was on intentional uh, burning. Like, burn down that house. and. Uh, Did he admit that it was intentional? No, he's not admitted it. Okay. But that's what the insurers have said. The insurers have said, no, he, he done it on purpose. Okay. Or it was a ghost. I mean, it could be. I mean, the ghost predicted mm. that the fire would happen. And a year later, he was a year off. But, you know, he weren't far off. Just a year. Year and a month. However, yeah, it's around about the same time. <laughs> however, the small matter of regarding fire was not to keep Harry Price away from Borley. Oh, my days. After revisiting more of Marianne's wall writings, Price believed that the message read, The well tank bottomed me. Or, what? The well tank bothers me. Uh. Price was sure that the body of the nun whose restless spirit plagued the house, would at last be found. He returned to the site and dug into the cellar, finding bones. No. That's right, Nina. He found bones. A picture of none. I actually have a picture of Harry Price excavating the Borley Rectory. I will send you this nice. picture. This is why it's such a big deal, because there's loads of evidence. Like, this was one of the only cases where, you know, investigators recorded all this evidence and had pictures and stories and l multiple investigators claiming multiple things. Mm. Uh, yet, as with all aspects of Borley, the resolution was not as it seemed. The two bones found at the bottom of the pit were... a pig. No, yeah. oh my gosh. It's a pig. Like holding my breath there, it's going to... Oh. It's not a nun, it's a pig. Damn it. <laughs> Although faced with the cold pork of reality, <laughs> <laughs> Price was not to be shaken from his own narrative, nor his continued relationship with Borley's publicity. Accounts of exactly what was found vary to this day although the local vicar of Borley refused to allow the Christian burial of the bones. The church at nearby Liston did. But they, they gave a pig a Christian burial. Yeah, because they're saying it's not a pig. They're like, fuck it, no, I don't believe it's a pig. I, no, no, it could be a nun. Maybe it was a pig nun. Maybe the pig was a nun. Who knows? I'd be interested to see if they dug them up today, if they could tell us exactly what they were. It's definitely a pig, isn't it? Um, subsequently, yeah. two years later on, on the 29th of May, 1945, a small gathering included Price and a local photographer watched on as the bones were inter interred in a service officiated by the Reverend Alfred Clifford Henning. I have a picture okay. as well of Harry Price and the Reverend 
um, whilst they're like standing above the bones and he's doing the whole like, you know, dearly beloved bullshit mm-hmm. thingy majiggy. Um, the bones part of a human jaw. Well, 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 hold on. What was this bit? What's this bit? Hold on. What? Then it's pig bones. In official reports from Price's contemporary website and his book, The End of Borley Rectory, the nature of the burial differs widely from the pig bone furniture of elsewhere. So he's saying it wasn't pig bones, Nina. Harry Price claims the bones, part of a human jaw and a skull, popularly thought to be the mortal remains of Mary Lurie. The ghost nun who haunted the rectory sites were placed in a wooden box and lowered into a small hole dug by the rector earlier in the day. So so Price claims that it's a human skull, but I believe science claims that it's a pig. Okay, but how close can the two skulls be? I like, don't know. Is I, it... I think Harry Price is, um, like the Warrens, a bit of a fraudster, Nina. <laughs> yeah, or... He's, oh no, but see, now I've just Googled a picture of a pig skull and it looks nothing like a human skull. I don't know, Nin. I, I don't know. I mean, mm. who else saw these bones? I don't know. The rectory was demolished in 1944 and even in the process of destruction, ghostly visions continued. Harry Price attended the site with his researcher, Cynthia Ledsham, and a photographer, David Sherman, with the intent of gathering images for an article to be published in Life magazine. As the group were unable... To, can I just say that it's really ironic that they're taking pictures of a ghost of death... For Life. For Life magazine. Yeah, I also called that. <laughs> <laughs> As the group were unable to approach the building during demolition, photographs were taken off the frontage as the building was slowly raised to the ground. After developing the photographs, one in particular caught Price's eye. One photograph showing a brick in mid-air was placed centre stage, in fearing that the brick was levitating rather than falling. Price was able... I heard about this picture. Price was able to publish another claim about the inherent darkness of Borley. Writing in The End of Borley Rectory, he said... As Mr. Sherman pressed the trigger, which operated the shutter mechanism of his camera lens, a brick, a part of a brick, suddenly shot up about four feet into the air in front of what remained of the kitchen passage, just below the bathroom passage. The three of us saw it, and as I said, we were at least a hundred feet away from it. We all laughed and called it the last phenomenon, and said the poltergeists were demonstrating in honour of our visit. Mm. I don't know. I feel like so. I just quickly looked. I just quickly googled the picture because I know I've seen this picture before. Okay. And if you look at it, it looks like it's very easy to put something there to hold it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're saying that Harry Price is a trickster. I feel like Harry Price is a trickster. Like I'm not discounting the fact that there are ghosts at this place because I bet you there probably are, but I don't trust him. Mm. Of all of Price's claims, the last gasp of a floating brick is arguably the one most easily dismissed. With the loss of Borley came the loss of Price's association and renown with the site that gripped the nation. However, one may support Price's early investigations. A floating brick seems to be little more than a desperate grasp for proof. Falling masonry does not uh, make a poltergeist. (laughs) And he does actually have... The Story of the Borley Rectory, The Most Haunted House in England by Harry Price. You can buy that book, Nina, and you can read that book. I don't think I want to, because I, I don't feel like I, I should be it. spending money on a fraudster. 
I, I mean, he's dead now. Yeah, but I'm sure. Where did his profits go? Like, if you buy that book, is it like family people in his family? Yeah, yeah that'd be living family. off the proceeds. Yeah, man, that's why there's like rich people that still live in mansions and have always lived in mansions because like dead relatives had money and that money has just continued to like pass over. Uh, where are my famous relatives? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to track your origins, Nina. Where's your Where's your origins? <laughs> What's your family history? I have no idea. I have no idea. I do need to figure it out, though. Mine's Island! Hello? Nina, it's not a ghost. Ah. Uh, it's not a ghost, Nina. It's not a ghost. It's just Izzy again. I thought it was my internet. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Lost it again. Listeners, Dizzy is a very big part of this show. She, she wants, She's so cute, She man. wants to be a star. Um, you smell, dog. Right. So Harry Price died on the 29th of March, 1948. Yet, his research and work mm-hmm. with Borley was not to rest easily. Following his death, accusations of fraud were rife from sceptics. Poor guy's died and everyone's like, this guy's a fake. <laughs> Please tell him that when he's alive, you know, wait till he's dead. Later in 1956, three of Price's peers collaborated on a work titled The Haunting of Borley Rectory, which argued that the majority of Price's claims were deliberately false and fraudulent, with reported phenomena easily attributed to deliberate misdirection. Acoustics are the presence of Thurman within the residence. Mm. Mm, or a theremin. It's one of those weird musical instruments where you use, like, Energy waves. No, they mean like rats. Whatever. They mean vermin, Nina. Vermin. Like oh, rats. vermin. I yeah. thought you meant like a theremin. Like those weird <laughs> instruments that you like don't they, touch. They are like awesome. They're awesome instruments. I might have to get one. Um, although many contemporary enthusiasts, uh, parapsychologists and academics likes, alike support and endorse Price's legacy and the body of work, his contribution to the world of paranormal research remains a contentious issue. Oh, let's 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 mm. let's find out a bit more about this uh this Marianne Foister, the the yes the, the little uh the little uh was was a was a polite word. That's <laughs> a little hooker. <laughs> um, <laughs> later in life, Marianne Foister would publicly admit her part in the haunting of Borley Rectory. The vicar's wife admitted that she had never experienced anything supernatural within the house, and that any nothing re- at all. No, she said that any reports to the contrary were false. She explained that all the reported activity within the house was due to misinterpreted creaks and sounds from ill weather, the movements of visitors within the house and her own deliberate deceptions, you know, her sexy business, ultimately at her husband's cost. I thought at least some of it would be real. The stories surrounding the rectory and Price's investigations are so enormous and sprawling that they cannot possibly be included in one singular Blog. There is many, 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 many articles about the Borley Rectory. So if any listeners want to do a deep dive on the Borley Rectory, they can. There's loads of stuff out there. I think there's been a movie about um, Harry Price's stay in the Borley Rectory, but I found it really, really boring and the acting really, really bad. But um, I won't recommend it because it was dull. But it is, it is definitely a story that the Conjuring universe, again, could make something really interesting out of. Yeah, it feels like it could be really good. But so now the only people who, well, I suppose considering there's so many stories, I feel like some of them have to be true. Some of them have to be. I don't know. I don't know, Nina. I think there's a lot of gullible people that kind of just go, oh, it's haunted. You know, if you tell someone something's haunted, 
you spend a night there, your imagination runs like wild. Yeah, the power of suggestion is insane. Exactly. So but still, I want there to be ghosts. I mean, it's an interesting story, and I like the history of it, and I like that there's so much reports, pictures, and writings on it. Um, but I do think overall that, by the sounds of things, Harry Price sounded a bit like he was a fraudster. Though, you know, there might be some listeners going, no, Harry Price is legit. He was legit. This was sabotage, just like JFK. It was an in-house conspiracy. (laughs) If there are people that think like that, please email Richard and tell him, because I want to read it. You can email, and even though this email sounds ironic, right? I'm telling the truth here, listeners. I set this email up when I was about 15, 16 years old, maybe even younger, in an ICT lesson, which was called IT back in the day in school, where we were learning about email. And this was back in like, I don't know, what are we talking about? Early 2000s? Yeah, very like 2000, 2001. Um, and that's why my email address that I've, I've had ever since that day is this is dumb productions at hotmail.co.uk. So oh, that's amazing. If you want to email us any stories you that you've had, any uh, paranormal shit that you want us to uncover, maybe you want to send us an audio of you telling us one of your hauntings. That'd be fucking awesome. We could play it in parts. Nina could get really scared. It'd be great. Oh, I love it. Feel free to do that. You can also find me on what was once Twitter, which is now X. Rest in peace, Twitter. Um, which is cat like at cat like thieves. Yeah. I feel like it'll always be Twitter, though. It is Twitter, man. It is Twitter. It's just owned by yeah. a billionaire, insane human being who's who said he's going to use it to change the world, and he's not really done too much different, really. He's a bit of a dick, though, isn't he? He's cray-cray, man. Billionaires are yeah. all cray-cray. You've got to be cray-cray. Yeah, I think it's like you get like the key. You're allowed to be cray-cray but if you're a billionaire. Nina, what we want is a cray-cray billionaire who is really interested in paranormal and ghosts and spends loads of money fucking trying to prove that ghosts are real. That's what we need. Instead of going to space. messing around on the space travel. Let's figure out what's happening here. Fucking figure out, man. Afterlife. Why does no one want to know what happens when we die? I could die at any moment now. Nina, you could die at any moment. We could die at any second. Right now could be our last breath for all we know. We need to know what happens. I want to know what happens. I don't care about space. Tell me what happens after death. I mean, I can tell you, Nina, you will find out what happens after death because, like, we're all going to die, like, all of us, like, mm-hmm. everyone listening. We, we, we all one day will die. But it's, hopefully when you haunt me after you've died, if you die before me, you can tell me. Like, okay, I'll find a way to communicate with you and tell you what happens when you're dead. If you don't hear from yeah, me, amazing. if you don't hear from me, nothing happens. I, I've just put okay, it out there. I think happens. that's a more likely scenario. <laughs> do you know how? Do you know how I'm going to tell you? How? I'm going to run a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run a bath. You'll know it's me, and you'll know that uh, that your bath. Yeah, your bath will just start running. They'll just be running water in your bath all of a sudden, and the plug will that's be like plugged in. That's like the most boring haunting I've ever heard of in my life. The fuck? How do you want to be haunted then, Nina? You can do better. You can do better. Write on the walls in blood or something. In or blood? I've got like no blood left. I'm dead. I can't produce blood anymore. They make it. They make it out of the ether. They like. They like you use ectoplasm to make it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right. Or like do that. Do that thing where you like yank me out of bed by my foot. Okay, I'll yank you out of your bed by your foot, which would terrify <laughs> you. You'll then probably have yes. a heart attack and join me in death. That'd be amazing. Yeah, man, that's cool. Game plan. 
right. Uh, I haven't. I don't know what we're doing next week yet. I'll I'll find a great story. There's loads of great haunted stories. I'll find one. I don't know whether to stay okay. in the UK or whether I should start like going over to other countries. What are your thoughts, Neil? Branch out, man. Branch out. I feel like we should go all over the world because okay. eventually I want to do South African one as well. I tell you what, you a South African story. Let's let's go close by and let's let's go to Ireland first because Ireland will have some great Ooh. fucking haunted stories. Yeah, Ireland has some great stuff. All right, listeners, we're done doing ghost stuff. We don't have a write-offs. What's our send-off, Nina? Uh, okay, love you, bye. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>